Pastor Xavier Reese and the hope to come. We are waiting for Christ to return for us. For the night is far spent, the day is at hand. In such a time as you think not, the Son of Man comes. In a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, we shall all be changed. This is the ultimate fulfillment, the kingdom age. The answer to our prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you ready? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Basic science tells us the world revolves around the sun, and basic Bible study shows how the history of man revolves around the Son of God. Today, in his continuing study from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, Pastor Xavier points to a threefold unfolding of the things still to come, things that Christians can hope in. Let's listen. Isaiah chapter 16, verse 1 through 5. The message is entitled, A Place of Refuge, Petra. Let me um, read these five verses and we'll move through them. Send the lamb to the ruler of the land, from Selah to the wilderness, to the mount of the daughters of Zion. For it shall be as a wandering bird thrown out of its nest, for so shall the daughters of Moab at the fords of Arnon. Take counsel, execute judgment. Make your shadow like the night in the middle of the day. Hide the outcast. Do not betray him who escapes. Let my outcast dwell with you, O Moab. Be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler. For the extortioner is at an end. Devastation ceases. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. In mercy, the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth. In the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. A threefold development chronologically regarding the city of Petra and the nation of Israel in the last days. First, the near fulfillment, verse 1 through 3. Second, the far fulfillment, verse 4. And third, the ultimate fulfillment, verse 5. Let's begin with the first step here, the near fulfillment. First three verses. Notice first that God pronounced judgment over Moab. As you know, Moab was the result of the descendants of Lot through his incestuous relationship with his older daughter, and we find that in Genesis 19, 30 through 38. But the reason for the judgment of Moab is given to us in verse 6 of chapter 16. It says, We have heard of the pride of Moab. He is very proud of his haughtiness and his pride and his wrath, but his lies shall not be so. So the prophet and Judah had heard of the pride of Moab. The prophet affirms the fact that Moab is proud. Now, Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder. And he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams, Kings tells us. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel, and he refused to pay 
that tribute and continued the covenant. And so war broke out between them and he ended up being defeated. The date of Isaiah's prophecy is believed to be 704 B.C. Interesting that two years after this, 702 B.C., Sargon attacked Arabia. And because he had to go through Moab, he devastated Moab on the way in, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. How interesting. Notice also here the place from which they were to send the tribute was from Selah, or Petra. Petra was a city carved out of the sandstone rock, which was impregnable due to the 200-foot cliffs and the narrow entrance, no more than 10 to 12 feet at a time, and it winds around like a snake. The personal condition of the refugees is described vividly in verse 2. They would be as a wandering weak bird cast out of its nest looking for refuge. In the midst of God's wrath, there is always mercy and compassion. Keep that in mind. He hates judgment. He'd rather be merciful. Remember Jonah? That's why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He knew God was merciful. God, through the prophet Isaiah, declares the city of Petra here to be a relief. God, through Isaiah, declares for the city of Petra to hide the outcasts, those who fled to her. Mercy. This is the near fulfillment. It took place. Just as Isaiah declared it. Now, notice secondly, you have the far fulfillment. Verse 4. Now, the first thing I want you to note here is the prophet, without any warning, speaks of the last days. And he goes from the refugees of Moab to those of Israel. In the last days, when Israel will be protected by God in the city of Petra against the Antichrist. Without any announcement, he just keeps on talking. Now notice three things are pointed out by the prophet Isaiah regarding Israel here. First, God declares, let my outcasts dwell with you, O Moab. His people, his outcasts. Secondly, God declares for Moab to be his instrument of help. Be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler, for the extortioner is at an end. Devastation ceases. The spoiler and extortioner are two of the titles for the Antichrist. Mark that and make sure you understand that. Two titles for the Antichrist. This is the last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. Because the first three and a half years, he's a good guy. False Messiah. False peace. Notice thirdly, God declares, the oppressors are consumed out of the land. Those who are one with the Antichrist are identified here, and the nations that will attempt to stop Jesus from setting up his kingdom are identified here. In fact, we're going to just put your hand here in Isaiah, and I want you to flip over to Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation 12, the book of Revelation provides the details Now, the seventh trumpet has been sounded already, and it has brought us to the end of the seven-year tribulation and great tribulation. Chapter 11, verse 15 through 18, if you read that, and remember the book, the Bible is an Eastern book. It brings us through the seven years, and then after, beginning chapter 12, we get a lot of details that we have to stick back in to the seven years, okay? Now, notice here in chapter 12, Revelation, the first six verses. 
The vision of the woman and her child and the dragon are given to us. In verse 1, the sign appears in heaven, and the location of the identity of the woman is given to us. And the interpretation of that is found in Genesis 37, verse 9 through 11, Joseph's dream, when he saw the moon, the stars, and the sun. And God was training his ear to the things that he had in store for him, and it spoke of his father, his mother, and his brothers. So this symbol here is Israel. Now, some have tried to identify, as I said already, the Virgin Mary to be this. She's not. Others, Mary Baker Eddy. She is not. Others, the church. She is not. It is given to us real clear from Joseph. It is Israel. Now, notice verse 2. The child is Christ for two reasons. Israel gave birth to the child, not the church. Verse 5 confirms it is Christ. It tells us there that she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Who is that? That's Jesus. Real simple. The second person is a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on their head. Verse 3. Fiery red referring to his character of a murderer. The seven heads and ten horns are representatives of the complete power and authority handed to him by Satan over the confederacy of the nations, the ten-nation confederacy, the common market. Revelation 13.1 affirms this as he mentions them and identifies them again. Notice the diadems are royal crowns. He rules as the god of this world. 2 Corinthians 2.4.4 tells us that right now. Ephesians 2.2 tells us he's the prince of the power of the air. But in that day, he's going to rule the entire world. The whole movement today is towards a one world government. Notice thirdly, in verse 4, the third of the stars there, meaning angels, follow Satan in his rebellion, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour the child as soon as he was born. To devour her child refers to Satan's plot to kill the Messiah. The prophecy came in Genesis 3.15, and since that time he has attempted to destroy the Messiah in the seat of Messiah. Herod attempted to destroy the Messiah. When he couldn't do that, he destroyed all the children that were around his age. In the wilderness, Satan attempted to do it through the testings of Jesus in the wilderness to cast himself from the pinnacle. In Gethsemane, that's where the battle was won. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. He defeated Satan. Anti-Semitism is of the same spirit, satanic. Two things are said of the male child in verse 5. He was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, as is confirmed in Psalm 2, Acts 4.27, and Revelation 2.26. And he was caught up, harpazo, meaning he was seized suddenly and removed up to God to his throne. The very same word is used of the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Of Paul when he was caught up to the third heaven in 2 Corinthians 12.2 and 4. Jesus was harpazoed from the Mount of Olives. The very same way that he's left, he's going to come back. Harpazo. Notice verse 6. The woman flees to the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God. Here's the affirmation. Here's, Here's Isaiah's text. A place prepared by God that they should feed her for 1,260 days, the increment of 42 months or three and a half years that verse 6 will confirm. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people. And there I will plead my case with you, listen, 
face to face. God says that in Ezekiel 20, 35, promised to Israel. Isaiah, Ezekiel, John, many others affirm this. Now notice verse 7 through 12. Satan is cast out of heaven. The fourth person is Michael that we find here, the great prince, defender of Israel. In verse 7 and 8, he's the fighter. Daniel 10, 21 and 12, 1 and 2. Jude 9 calls him the archangel. He's the warrior. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels in verse 7. But they did not prevail. No place was found in heaven any longer. Verse 8, Satan has access to heaven right now, as Job 1 and 2 shows us. But he will not have it this time. He will be cast out the last three and a half years. Verse 9, the great dragon was cast out of heaven. Now notice, fourthly here, the message from heaven is that the end is very near. Verse 10 and 12. Verse 10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the, our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down. This is the message from heaven. Here's the overcoming secret. Look at verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. They overcame him by the word of their testimony. They overcame him because they did not love their lives to death. These are the tribulation saints. This is not the church. You will not be there. If you're not walking with God, if you're left behind, you will be there. These are tribulation saints. Two-fold response, verse 12. The heavens rejoices. There's rejoice in heaven. Second, the earth is worn by a woe due to the danger. This is the third woe. Chapter 8, 13 is the first. 9, 12, the second. Here we have it again, the third. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows, listen, that he has a short time. How long? Three and a half years. Jesus said, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would survive. God's grace. God's mercy. Now notice verse 13 through 17. The woman is persecuted. Notice here, the dragon, seeing he is cast to the earth, persecutes the woman who gives birth to the child. Verse 13 tells us that. So uh, th there can be no mistake of who we're talking about here. It's laid out. The woman is identified and confirmed. Verse 1, verse 2, verse 5, here again. Look at verse 14. But the woman is given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. It can't be any clearer. There can't be any greater tie to Isaiah 16, 1 through 5, as this. It's right here laid out. The wilderness, the city of Petra. The period is the same as in verse 6. It confirms it. Jesus said that this would take place right in the middle. The abomination of desolation spoken by the end of the prophet. Matthew 24, 15 through 18. He says, if you're found in, in the housetop, don't come down. If you're in the field, don't come back to get your jacket. Just split. Zechariah 13, 8, and 9 says, 
two of three Jews will die at the hand of the Antichrist. Listen, the Jews have said this over and over again. We will never leave our land. The Bible says they will run for their lives. Things are getting desperate. The Bible says they'll flee. Look at verse 15 and 16. God protects her as her flight goes to Petra as he did supernaturally in the Old Testament. Verse 15, so the serpent spews water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. So he's speaking symbolically here like a flood to wipe her out. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of the mouth. So God will intervene and protect her in that place as the Antichrist pursues her. The problem is the result in verse 17 is that the dragon turns to persecute all who have trusted Christ, Jew and Gentile, the remnant. It says the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Remember that 144,000 Jews will be witnessing for Jesus. The two witnesses will be witnessing for Jesus. And the greatest revival that has ever taken place will take during the Great Tribulation. Amazing. Revelation 7 gives you the 144,000. This is the far fulfillment. So we see the near fulfillment it happened. Do you think the far fulfillment is going to happen? <laughs> Absolutely. Now notice the third step he gives us. The ultimate fulfillment, and it's real short, verse 5. First, the end will fulfill the rule of Messiah on the throne of David in true righteousness. Verse 5 tells us that. First, he says, in mercy the throne will be established. The word mercy again is hesed, loving kindness, steadfast love. A key word for God in Israel. Secondly, verse 5, he says, and one will sit on it in truth in the tabernacle of David. The Messiah, Jesus Christ, the king of the Jews, will do that. That was written over his cross, the king of the Jews. The fulfillment of the promise to David in 2 Samuel 7, that upon the throne there will never lack one of your descendants. Solomon was the one to take over that promise, but then he backslid and God rent the kingdom. The ultimate one to sit upon the throne is Jesus Christ, the Messiah of the seed of David. In fact, Paul says in Romans 1.3, he is born after the seed of David, according to the seed of David in the flesh, according to the promise. Thirdly, judging and seeking justice and hastening righteousness. Judging first the nations. Matthew 25, the first thing Jesus does when he returns is to judge the nations in their relationship to Israel during the tribulation and great tribulation. How many times you've heard people quote the scripture and, and that day I'll say, you know, you gave me bread, you gave me a, a cold glass of water to drink and you say, you visit me in prison. And say, oh, why don't we do this, Lord? When you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. People use that all the time for missionary work. Eh, wrong. Psalm 2, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for the inheritance. Missionary promise. Eh, wrong. They both speak of the second coming of Christ. Matthew 25, Jesus will set up the judgment of the nations, the first thing he does. And if they treated Israel right during that time, he will bless them. If not, crispy critter. First thing he does, judgment of the nations. Now, Isaiah 
has already told us this in detail, and we looked at it a couple of weeks back in chapter 11, verse 1 through 9, the kingdom age. But let me just remind you a little bit of it. The promise was the Messiah would come was unwavering. There shall come forth a rod of the seed of what? David. The perfection of the Messiah was unequal to anyone, the sevenfold work of the Spirit in his life. In verse 2. And then his delight was in the fear of the Lord. And he would not judge according to sight or decide according to the hearing of the ear. He would judge the poor in righteousness and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He would strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He would slay the wicked, verse 3 and 4 of that chapter. Righteousness would be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist, verse 5 of that chapter. That's just to remind you, that's the kingdom age. It's going to happen. There will not be perfect peace. There will not be any such thing until the prince of peace comes. Then and only then. Now, the early church was fully aware of this. It wasn't something that was hidden from them. You remember the first church council in Acts 15, verse 14 through 17, when they didn't know what to do with the Gentiles? And they, Paul came down from Antioch because they wanted the Gentiles to be circumcised. And he says, not in your life. Let's go down there. And, and as they declared and God laid it out for them, James stood to his feet. And listen to what he said. Simon has declared how God at the first visit of the Gentiles had take out of them a people for his name. Verse 14. They understood that now in the age of grace, God was picking out a bride for himself. That was a priority. They had let go of the mind of the Jew, the present age, the age to come. They acknowledged the church age, God choosing a bride. Then in verse 15 says, And with this, the words of the prophets agree just as it is written. So they were saying that they were in accord with the scriptures of the old. The prophets prophesied about this. He says, after this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up. Verse 16. So they knew that God would deal with Israel once again after the church. Verse 17, he said, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. There's the mercy of God. The early church understood the program of God as the church was established. There will be a millennial kingdom, not until the bride is chosen. Then God will deal with Israel again. Then he will establish his kingdom. And so now we are waiting for Christ to return for us. Now we are seeing God choosing his bride. So it's high time that we wake out of sleep. For the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ that you make that provision to fulfill the lust thereof. In such a time as you think not, the Son of Man comes. In a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, we shall all be changed. Are you ready? This is the ultimate fulfillment, the kingdom age. The answer to our prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isaiah the prophet has given to us one of the most amazing prophecies found in the Old Testament. The protection of Israel from the Antichrist in the last days 
in the city of Petra. Remember this threefold fulfillment. The near fulfillment, the far fulfillment, and the ultimate fulfillment. Take him at his word. He says he can forgive you your sin and change you if you will bow your heart to him and call upon his name. Pastor Xavier Reese with some encouraging words of prophecy fulfilled. Now, today's message, A Place of Refuge Petra, is available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is A Place of Refuge Petra, or simply mention today's date. And you can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com